0: Listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio, one hundred and seven point seven and one hundred and five point three from New Orleans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fika. Our guest today is Jolie Fushong Huang. Um, from Fawn Hill, Ontario, Canada. She is both the authors of Three Funerals for My Father and *Anchors* Lists and a professor of mathematics at Niagara College. But most importantly, Jolie is a survivor. Growing up amidst war and government upheaval, escaping to find more obstacles and danger, and finally, starting a new life in a new country takes a lot of strength and determination. The kind of determination it takes for a math professor to say, I'm going to write a book (laughs) and do it. And the kind of strength it takes to reach into yourself, pull out an unhappy memory, hold it in your hand. And so that you, your children, and even the world can find more understanding. There are, however, rewards for that. That being that you can also pull out a happy memory of a loving and supportive family. And there are rewards and awards for writing as well. And Jolie has earned a few of those. She has earned first place in the North Street Book Prizes. She has, Julie smile, <laughs> This is happy stuff. She has earned, um, she has earned an honorable mention at the San Francisco Book Awards. She has won runner up at the North, at the New England book awards, and she has been a bronze medalist at the wishing shelf awards in the UK. She has also been listed on CBC's 57 nonfiction books to read, and she has been shortlisted for the Hamilton Literary Awards, and I couldn't be happier for her. Welcome to Fika, Julie.
1: Hi, Vicky. Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me on the show. Oh, of course. Um, We're happy to have you here. <laughs> we're
0: feeling honored to have you here, Jolie.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm honored, too. I think the honor is all mine.
0: No, no, no. It's mine. It's mine.
1: <laughs> we could do this for an
0: hour, mm-hmm. Um, but instead, we'll get to the questions. Jolie, when any writer sits down at a blank piece of paper, they they feel fear, they have their insecurities, their, um, their strengths and perceived weaknesses. Can you share with us some of the things that you had to overcome some of those fears that you might have had? For example, was it difficult to take all those years of training in facts with mathematics and have it wrap itself around the imagination and creativity that writing takes.
1: All right. Okay. uh, Thank you for asking that. I have uh, quite a few uh, readers asking me if uh, my uh, training in mathematics uh, helped me write. So for me, I feel that um, I face difficulties in uh, writing, for sure, because English is my second language. And I've been in Canada for 30-something, seven years. And uh, I've trained in mathematics, but not in writing. Um, but I know that the mathematics give me the discipline that I should try as uh, hard as I, I can until I get the solution. So um, in, in um, but, but to me, in writing, you Write your words from your heart. So especially when you write. Oh, you don't do mathematics
0: up, from your heart?
1: Um, <laughs> I think I, I do. Mathematics has a lot more to do with the, the, ana- the analysis and the thinking and the brain. But it's, I'm talking about emotion here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, in mathematics, you, 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 you compete. You, you really want to get the answer right or wrong. And there's emotion in it, but but there's emotion that you can go in a specific direction. You you either just don't do it and give up, or you try harder to get to the answer. So the emotion, I, t- I have to tell you that it's straightforward to to try mathematics. But in writing, I think you it comes from your heart, especially in writing a memoir. And something you hold so close to your heart, I think when you just let it flow, then it will come. And now, with so much technology out there that that I can learn um, uh, writing in words, to correct my uh, my grammar, correct my spelling, mm-hmm. and also uh, there's a lot of um, uh, support on the side. And uh, I have uh, editors who who help me with my sentences and most of all encourage me to um, to to know that. That I, I can write in English. I can that, that I, I put that sentences all the time from my editor. That Julie, be confident in your writing. Uh, uh, just just trust yourself. You have a. She told me that I should ex, I should explore it. So so. Um, and uh, the story, I think sentences, the thought, everything come from your emotion. And I know that if it's coming from the heart, it will flow. The sentence will flow on the paper. So every time that I got difficulties, I couldn't get the sentences correct. I usually close my eye and imagine myself um, that how how do I write this? How, how do I put the sentences together? Sometimes you have to uh, imagine as a picture and you try to pieces like the color and everything together. So uh, I think sometimes writing is natural too. It's natural. It comes from within. Um and and with a bit of discipline and training, I think you you'll be able to to overcome the difficulties. Yeah.
0: So you're saying if you want to write, just let it go.
1: Yes. It. I think just just do it because you you have to. It's the journey of self-discovery. Right. That's right. what I feel. So in learning mathematics, you train to do it and you follow the rules. You, but in writing, you need to look within yourself and find yourself. That's how I, I, I look at it, yeah. And just go wild. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time picturing you go wild, Joey. <laughs> I think go wild with words, go wild with, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I do go wild sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want pictures. <laughs> so, so, so you've gone, a little more wild in your writing because you've told me that you have a new project coming up, and this time the project is fiction. So I'm excited about hearing about that project.
1: Yeah, so I uh, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, the the two books I wrote is memoir, nonfiction. So with nonfiction, you I feel that I just create a style, and you stay true to the style. And you just write whatever is in your memories and coming from your emotion. So the style that you set for your nonfiction will guide you through the entire process. So that with fiction, I realized that is, um, this is the word I have to use, wire, because it's, it's just like the characters in my head. So they grow. Uh, with time, and uh, with your with my imagination, they started to grow. They build themselves, and when they are fully developed, they want to be out on the paper. Right. So right. I, I really have to to write them out on the paper, uh, or else uh, I feel that my brain or my mind imprison the characters. So only words can free them, and um, and then the narratives changes because of the, the, the changes that, that taken place in in, in in my imagination. So it's not a, a fixed point for me to to, uh, to rely on. So um, um, I found writing fiction, uh, we have the flexibility, and we will let our imagination flow. So uh, the book I'm writing, is about four women. Uh, they are all boat people, uh, how they escaped Vietnam, the circumstances of their lives in Vietnam, escaped Vietnam and came to the third country, came to uh, Canada and U.S. and how they rebuild their life. And the four women, uh, their life point because uh, uh, they are holding the, the a secret and um eventually the secret is actually review. Okay,
0: don't reveal it now or I will <laughs> have not revealed it now. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh no, I uh I can tell you that it's uh if you in three funerals for my father's, I mentioned the in that in, in chapter twenty. Yeah, yes. chapter twenty, yes. the inflection point in the voice of death. And um I would like to expand on that.
0: So yes. those three women, you went imaginarily on a journey with them. Um, Is that what you're saying?
1: I yeah, uh, because uh, uh, yeah, it's it's more like that. I I, I can't. I, I, um, no, no, that's because, that's good. Yeah. That's
0: good. I just want to know for me. The rest
1: can forget. Like, it like out I themselves. can I can <laughs> use their lives as my in my book, but. The, it's just for you to visualize the background of the story yes
0: yes yeah. no no so, yeah no no I hear what you're saying you're not you're not um but I think that's an ingenious idea by the way because I was quite taken by that scene so thank you so thank um, you. Yeah. yeah so um, um yeah I think I think it comes it's there's there's a whole new atmosphere when you get to that.
1: Yes, because I have to use the, the, yes, like, like, if you notice, I use the voice of death. Yes. Because I know that if I use my voice, like, whatever situation that I was in is nowhere near what they had been through. So if I use the voice of death, I can be blunt about it. Because even death was horrified by the brutality of one human inflicted on to the other
0: no no and that's where I want to get into that I feel like that was the night that you truly after everything you went through that you truly lost your innocence like um your innocence towards life I think that was really a, a crushing moment for you that's how I read it but before we get into that emotional stuff we do have a question and I think this is a question that you've talked to me about before and it is from Brian and he would like to know what attracted you to the field of mathematics what made Jolie and I think we've discussed that before um, ourselves
1: <laughs> could I have a sip of tea before I. Ask that? <laughs>
0: There's no tea here.
1: No tea here? (laughs) So, um, thank you, Brian, for asking the question. Um, uh, What attracted me to mathematics is my uh, English as a second language. When I first arrived in Canada, um, I think it took me uh, three days. And do you think in three years I could master the English? <laughs> I don't think so. In three years, I don't think I master English completely. Can and I the you subject- just,
0: a, just a second here? Because yeah. I'm blaming a certain grade 10 English teacher for that, okay? I feel like his <laughs> comments, it's in the book, people, get the book and read it. I feel like his comments just took a little bit of sunshine from you and confidence. And that's all I'm going to say. Go
1: ahead. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, I remember that I, I need to do well. Like it's everything at that point which I have to do well to get into university and I need to do well in university. So I think the subject that would let me do well in university take, it would take me away from the uh, writing essay and English part of it, reading is I think mathematics. Because I did well in uh, three calculus courses that I took in grade 13. At that time, they had three grade 13. They have algebra, calculus, and finite. So three calculus courses. And, 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 and I think uh, those grades are really uh, high, like in the 90s. So I got in uh, with the average from uh, those three courses pulling me up. I I believe that I even got a, a, a Stelco scholarship at that time because you, uh, your your grade your average was like over the 90%. Then ma- mathematics was something that I feel that I, that I could uh, do well, and honestly I I, I love mathematics. I love solving worst problems. I, uh, I train myself to, to, to work with mathematics. And, and, and once I train myself to, to do well in mathematics, I've I learned to love it. So um, that's how I get into mathematics. and But the back of my mind, I wish I could learn literature. I wish I could learn and analyze the Bronte sister's story. I, I wish I could get into an English uh, uh, course where I can uh, analyze weathering heights, you know, like, uh, and I saw, I wish I could get into art, <laughs> art studio, like, I, I learned mathematics, but I'm dreaming that on the side. So I, I was writing essay, I was writing paragraph and making poems on the side, whenever I get bored uh, doing mathematics. Is and, and that answer your question, Brian?
0: <laughs> oh, I think it answers Brian's question. I can speak for Brian. Okay, I yeah. know him. So we're going to just hide Brian away again. Come again, Brian. Okay. So now we have. We're going. We're going to get all these questions. Uh, Maria from Italy. Hi, as, Maria. Is as asking. Can you explain how the Euler's identity has a connection with the life of an escapee.
1: Mm, okay. Fearless effort
0: well, and power would result in a zero for
1: some escapees. Okay, so Euler identity. Oh, is <laughs> I, it Euler? <laughs> Euler, it's pronounced Euler. Okay. It, I, honestly, I love that theory. Okay, and plus I've learned about Euler as well. Um, I need to uh, learn about Euler.
0: What, what, what? <laughs>
1: Tell yeah. Us. So, if you want to me on. to to tell you about Euler, I can tell yeah. you a little bit about Euler. Euler is a mathematician, and and he's um, he's, uh, I can tell you that he um. At the end of his life, he went blind. Okay, he went blind, but he during the time of his blindness, he produced more mathematical papers than 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 anyone and, 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 and any period in his life of working on mathematics. So when he presented Euler's identity and he proved the theory, he actually said this. Uh, if I could prove this uh, theory, uh, God exists. So uh, it's not that he proved God exists. He's a Christian himself. He's a Christian himself. He totally believed in God. But in the audience, there was a, a, a another mathematician who kind of challenged his theory so he he he, he Euler wanted this uh audience this this mathematician to, to believe in god and also he after he uh he <laughs> he proved the theory he said that therefore god exists so i i would like to tell the audience that it's not that I'm telling Euler identity prove proven that God exists. Okay, yeah. no, no, no. We get that. It's that <laughs> yeah, he we got was that saying. He was saying, saying that if yeah, I yeah. can
0: prove this, God helped me, so he can,
1: so he must. Yes, speak. yes. I yeah. thank it you for, not, for spelling it, that out for me. It's uh, not
0: that, <laughs> this, that, that. This is not a religious show. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. But it, it, <laughs> it's it was so amazing. It's yeah. sharing, it was, uh, sharing the a yeah. Yeah, so it was amazing the way the the numbers and all the uh, uh, the factors in that added up to equal to zero. So uh, sometime in life, I feel that we try everything. Some people, they, they try the best they can, but in the end, what do they have? They end up dying or they, they, they still don't have anything. So I think that apply very well to many refugee situation at that time they uh, uh, risked their life on the boat, crossed the ocean, uh, survived all the danger, uh, through their journey. But when they came to the camp, they died at the camp. So when I saw that, I said all the the effort had gone to nothing. So why do you die in such a strange land, Uh, right? So- um,
0: No, it's sad.
1: So because uh, Euler identity consists of um, uh, a number e, uh, a number e, 2.7, and then it's raised to an exponent. And that number is pi, you know, the number pi Mm 3.14519. And then it added to a, a complex number, they call it complex number. So I was playing around with that equation and I use word for it, like I, I translate that into word, like, you know, it's a transcendental function. So trend, transcendental to me is the non-physical realm and is irrational number. The word irrational in uh, English means something, right? So you make an irrational uh, decision and a risky uh, decision and then, then all of that add up to just nothing. So I don't want to go into the mathematics here. But I just <laughs> want to tell everyone that I, I was playing, I translate the mathematics into into poem, into words, so I can remember. So I remember transcendental, I remember irrational, I remember uh, complex, because it's such a complex situation. And add one, uh, and then everything becomes zero. So. So that's that. That's what I, I, I want to imply. Yes. Yes. Okay. I hope I <laughs> answer your question, not Maria. <laughs> and
0: Brian's is back to say thank you for the detailed and personal answer you gave to his question.
1: Thank you. And Maria says
0: thank you so much. So you're just making everybody happy here today, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So uh, so let's go back to they risked everything and they got zero. Yes. But the point is, was they were, a lot of people felt that they had no choice, that exactly. you couldn't be sure that you were going to stay alive or safe remaining. So it was like a one-shot deal, right? Yes. Irrational as it was. And, yes. and we knock on wood that your journey was probably one of the safer once your personal journey with your sisters and and your brothers was probably um, one of the more favorable ones. I want to go back to, and we'll go back to our scripted questions, <laughs> Charlie, but there was okay. just something you said um, when when Brian when during Brian's answer where you said you had to find something that you could succeed in, and you had to find something that was practical because you were living in a townhouse with your brothers and sisters and you had to make it on your own. You said that the charity helped you with one month of, of f- funds and then you were on your own. So how old would all of you have been at that time?
1: Mm, I was in my teen uh, my brothers my older brothers also yeah we all were all in our teen, except for my older uh, oldest brother and uh and older sister so uh and
0: they were only like
1: 21 22 yes yes and um uh i think uh I, 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 okay so yeah they they's in their 20 and um uh, my oldest brother, uh, my older sister and one of my older brothers, three of them found job. So if they found job, if they worked, then they make enough to pay for the rent, the food and everything and uh, put me and my older brother and my younger brother in school. Uh, so that's how we arrange it. So, uh, uh, and then uh, I work part-time. Uh, my uh, older brother, Y, in school also worked part-time. And my, only the youngest brother, fee he, he, he was too young. He, 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 we didn't. Wanting to work, so then uh, I worked part time. My brother who worked part time, and and we we had enough to uh, and we saved up and we had enough to uh, to, to to live on. Yeah, and and uh, after a year, I uh, I actually worked three part time jobs. To, to be very honest with you, I I remember I worked three part time jobs, and you
0: went to school. And so yeah so you guys had no choice but to be practical and I mean you had a choice, but it just amazes me that a group of young people like that just just pulled it in and pulled it down and did it and
1: yeah. um we we have we had a lot of encouragement from the the group the sponsors like uh, I remember Mr. John Smith with visit the house and asked how we were doing. I uh, I went to Judy's and John Smith's house and uh, babysat their children once in a while, and uh, uh, we uh, we also uh, attended church because the group uh, of the uh, uh, people who sponsor her they went to church, and um, I think we have a lot of support from them, and uh, they bring it clothes, they bring it. Uh, uh, uh hand-me-down clothes a uh, box of food sometime box of canned food so we had a lot of support from uh, from the uh from the people who's actually some sponsors so good good people that helped
0: yes. You. yes but yeah but also fantastic yeah and, and 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 the
1: uh, I, I knew one lady gave that. me uh, a part-time job working at the yarn store yes i like yeah, her yeah, i like yeah. her in the book yes <laughs> I like her yeah. in the book. Yeah. Um,
0: so so yeah, so you you did what you had to do, and that yes. was starting off with math and then now living your dream,
1: right? Yes, I can't wait to see your art studio. Oh <laughs> I try my art I, I, I think my uh, my daughters uh, took all the acts, yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because you know, uh, Christy, my younger, my my second daughter, designed the, the cover, and yes. Um, yes, and youngest daughter Charlotte, this uh, designed the uh, the icon inside the book that appeared in front of each chapter to um, to distinguish the voice, and it was uh, Charlotte's ideas to, uh, oh. uh, yeah.
0: So we have, we have the tiger emblem here. We have a tiger emblem and we have, I didn't notice. It. And we the have, motors, that's, yeah. a, that's a fantastic idea. That's a fantastic yeah. idea and a fantastic job. So when we're looking and, and so I can see that the tiger symbolizes your father because he had the spirit of the tiger yes. and he, and he, he met a tiger. And so that brings us. All the way around to when we discussed anchorless, we discussed some of the symbolism that you used in that book, like the Mm. faded picture of your father at the front, or the um the anchorless, the title itself has symbolism Mm. for you. Mm. Did you use symbolism in in three funerals for my fathers?
1: I mean, you yeah. know that you
0: did with the emblems that your daughter did, but what else could we be looking forward to in there? Um,
1: uh, I think symbolism in literature uh, implies certain things when we talk about it. So I um, I, I hope I use the right word or the right definition for it. But you know, when I talk about food, uh, uh, when food became rare, uh, under the uh, after 1975, there are certain periods where food was really rare, mm-hmm. and I I want to describe that in uh, with the title "The Rice Chess." Right, right, and, I, and it was true. It was true. I was uh, in the house. I can't believe but that you guys all hid in there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, we use it to play uh, high and seek instead of uh, instead of it's filled with rice or or. Or or produce for us, you know, and um, I also want to talk about we losing electricity. Uh, Electricity was like a luxury at that time, and I want to use the symbol of the oil, the oil lamp. And then uh, I remember uh, my dad uh, often look at the oil lamp, and then sometimes we have to blow out the oil lamp just to. uh, Whenever he like we blew out, I I want to mention that it's. We just have to accept the life that we have, and and you know, like uh, at the end of the day, we blow out the light instead of turn off the light. And 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 uh, and is that our life? Like the the heat around that time, we 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 have no future. Um, so, well, you had
0: you had no power. It didn't. The average person, like your family, um, people living there just sort of had to go with the wind of, of what was going on without you. You went from, you know, having medications, your mother, a nurse, owning a pharmacy like that to her, not even being able to get Tylenol for your sister when she had smallpox. Um, and and you know the reason you were blowing out the lamp was because electricity became so rationed that you might only get it a couple times a week, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, another symbol I would like to mention is the Triton shell. Right, so right. So. Yeah, the shell that my uh, father got for me from his trip. Like I, I love that. I, I often hold on to it and until the like my toy. And I often hold on to it until I analyze it. <laughs> I put it into my ears. I try to hear the sound of the ocean until I analyze it. When I was at the camp, and even here in Canada, like uh, the only time that I have that beautiful shell to hold in my hand is when the creature inside it had to die, and 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 went somewhere, right? So when I hear the sound, I just feel like uh, it's an empty shell. But it leaves a sound behind, right? It leaves the sound of the, the ocean behind. So and to me, it's more like silent suffering. And and it is.
0: it is. And t- can you also compare that to hearing your father after mm. he was gone?
1: No, no, I, I never did. I, I, uh, because my father died uh, and he uh, he got buried on land. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think, I never thought my father is an, em- he never be an empty shell. No, no, because no, he's no, a spirit. no, 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 I, he, I, he, I... He, 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 he's as living and even after death, he's still there for me. So for me, like an empty shell, I, I'm, I can tell you that it's a silent suffering. Like you can live, but inside you there's hollow, it's nothing. Because you just have to move on with life without even feeling anything. So that's, that's what I think about the, the shell, the triton shell. Now, when we <laughs> talk about, no, no, no. I think that's, that's very,
0: for lack of a word, it's, it's profound that, that people were as shells. There was nothing to look forward to. You didn't know what tomorrow would bring. You just existed in that moment. Right. Yeah. Now, looking for my own symbolism, I'm going to bring this into uh, a little (laughs) laughter, maybe. Jolie, you mentioned that green Jeep Cherokee. (laughs) Oh, okay, (laughs) okay. And so I sort of saw it as a symbol of movement because it carried you, you know, to the monastery. Um, from the war zone it just seemed whenever you were in trouble and you needed to go someplace that jeep cherokee was there it represented a sense of safety and security and and everything that a jeep commercial would want you to say oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i have to ask have you in your new life in canada um ever
1: gotten a jeep
0: (laughs) <laughs> Have you ever gone with the cheap?
1: <laughs> I, I actually, when I first uh, got my driver's license and looking at the uh, the, the car to buy, mm-hmm. I really wanted to. I had my eye on the cheap Cherokee. Believe me, I, <laughs> I tried a few. I tried a few. Uh, uh, I I test I test drove a few of them, but I I was picky because I I told them I wanted the green color. Yeah. <laughs> If it's yeah, a it green sort of like... Jeep Cherokee, I definitely would get the Jeep. But um they didn't make the the green Jeep at that time. It was the colors either black, red or anything else. And also, you know the the Jeep Cherokee that my father owned is right. made in the 70s. So oh. when I got my uh, 60, it's even in the 60 or 70. So when I, I, I try those cheap. Uh, they, they make a different model. They are right, more, right. Um, more modern. So uh, uh, And uh, in the end, to be very honest with you, I settled for, uh, uh, for uh, another style, of a, a, a cheaper one. And it's, it's, it's smaller. It's more practical uh, uh, for myself at that time. Uh, and the price is actually was right for myself. And the, the Jeep Cherokee at that time it was a bit a bit expensive. I I I I remember that. But I'm still open to option. So if <laughs> if there's a Jeep Cherokee out there and it's green, I, I I will I will in eventually will get it. I still have that in my mind that I will I will own a Jeep. I'm yeah. glad
0: because I, I just saw it as the knight in shining armor in your book. Like it was like something would happen and then it was like da da da, da, da there's the Jeep ju- yes. ju- Cherokee. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so I yeah, I would be very I it would I would like you to get a green Jeep ju- Cherokee. Yeah. <laughs> Gently, should should it ever <laughs> happen and arise? It would be yeah. it would be
1: fantastic. Have you seen a green one?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, we had, a, see, white, it's we had a white yeah. one at one point. Was yeah. it like a khaki green? Like an army green? Or was it more like a forest? Green? I,
1: I think it's teal. It's it's, it's like uh, the colour of the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's a teal. Yeah.
0: It's it's a teal. So yes, yes. <laughs> I think yeah. it's great that the book has the same color as yes,
1: yeah. So and then it's is I never intended it. It was my uh is is Christie who designed the, the 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 cover and chose the this special teal color so yeah.
0: well congrats mm-hmm. christy because Thank it's a very you. beautiful book let me get yeah. it there straight yeah. okay so and i said i wasn't going to say so this broadcast but i just said so going back and we were talking about some of that night in the clinic um, the hospital at the refugee camp. Other things that you have seen. Now, I find you to be a very gracious writer, Jolie. Like you just sort of state what's happened um, and, you know, don't get into a lot of um, emotion and that about it. This is what happened to us. But in that scene and in some of the others, just a little bit more, I have found that your voice became bolder. Um, you weren't perhaps quite as understanding of some things. For example, I know when we talked earlier and the people, um, you just you just said that the people at, at the oil rig, right, when you mm-hmm. stopped to try to get mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. the people at the oil rig were like, you know, they gave you foods and cans and made them sound quite nice. But on this one, it was sort of like, no, you don't need help. We'll give you some food, move on, right? So, so your voice is a little bolder. Now, do you think that's because you're using your own voice in this book? Because you've gained more confidence with the um, the praise that you have earned? Or do you think it's simply because it isn't, as the book grows, so do you. You grow into an adolescent and you're not seeing things as innocently as you did as a child.
1: Okay. Um, that's a good question. Uh, uh, like like I, men- like, uh, like I mentioned earlier is uh, <laughs> I think I got the professor of math back inside me now. I I'm sorry. It's the uh, occupational hazard. <laughs> <laughs> because when the student asked me a question i like the person said oh it's a very good question because i know it's an it encouragement yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry if no, i no uh... no i was i was being honest i need encouragement uh...
0: Jolie. Okay. encourage me whenever you like
1: yeah so um okay so it, it showed that i grow as a writer like uh, i i definitely agree with that but i can tell you that uh, like at the very beginning i mentioned that uh to me, when I write nonfiction and memoir, at the very beginning, when I set out writing, I said I want to set out a style, and I strict to I, I stick to that uh, I strictly stick to that writing style. So nonfiction can be very political; it can be very political, a lot of analysis. But I base this three funerals on my father, based on Ankaless, so it, like we talked about Anquilus before, so I create Anquilus as a. I wanted to people to read the book as a. It is the voice of a ghost, right? right. Pondering his uh, death and his life, and still want to lingering around the livings, the his children. But but then, how can we hear his voice? So I wanted to be like a, a whisper. a a regret and full of sorrow because that's exactly what happened and when i move on to three funerals for my fathers i have to look at my emotion okay my emotion at certain periods and i need to stay true like remember we need to, to set a style we stay true to what we we want to write at certain periods. so certain period of my life that exactly what i saw so i wrote it and how no, no, i felt not- at that time so that is how i felt at that time and when i uh, s- experienced more at the camp so this is exactly what i saw so so and then and then i i i, I yeah like you said i'm i'm border by using the voice of death but i have to choose another voice in order to express that and uh, it's not that the praise that I receive in uh, Ankylis or receive in my writing that I, that I feel that I'm bored in my writing. I don't think so because because to me, writing Ankylis and writing three funerals for my fathers is still my responsibility. That I need to reserve a piece of history of, of uh, so that my daughters and to give them an answer that they, they always wanted to ask me to give my nieces my nephew uh, the answer to the to the question so they know about their roots they know that their parents are both vietnamese both people and they knew that their parents had to escape vietnam uh, went through a lot to be able to establish a life in in america and in canada so to me, the responsibilities, and um, I have to look at how my father talked to me, how my father talked to me, because I created their voice, right? So I have to, to, to as a parent, I put myself in their uh, situation, and I create a voice from there. So my father was not a political person. He's very neutral, and he's very positive. And my mother was also not a political person. She's very, she uh, she expressed herself um, gently and my father expressed himself gently too. So I think all of that's applied to all my, my writings. Um, I hope I can be bolder in my next one, I can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you said. like uh, I, 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 I I was I'm, thinking about that too. I was thinking about that too. Like I'm just loving this certain... journey.
0: I'm 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 loving this journey in your stories as well as the journey of you writing. The stories like and watching this develop over the time but no I think that what you wrote is so telling in the fact that it didn't matter it's not about politics it didn't matter who was exactly yeah your lives didn't I mean regardless of side both sides there was your father was Imprisoned unjustly, um, there was starvation. There were mines left where children played. There, to your personal lives, it didn't seem to matter the politics. What mattered is that, is 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 what you were living. So yes, how
1: we uh, how we stick together as a family, and we get through all of those. Yes, that is I, like sometimes in a natural way, in in such a a way that we we put. Uh, the unity, the love of, of for each other in the family uh above everything else and we get through all that and the sacrifices um, think, yes that
0: that included yeah. the sacrifices that included um yeah, I mean, that is very obvious and very, I just love you guys. I just read this book and I'm just like, yes, she finally said what happened to everybody individually. Because if you hadn't, I would have called you up, would have messaged you and said, Jolene, um, I need to yeah. know what <laughs> you happened have to, to
1: think, everyone. You have to thank uh, the editor. <laughs> you have to thank the editor uh, who had edited my book. It was uh, Lynn Duncan, the uh um, the director of Taiwan Water Press. And uh, she she told me that, Julie, you need to write a chapter about all your brothers and your sister. But we had to put it in the way that there's so many of you, we had to put it in a way that I don't want it like a... Uh, groceries Yeah, uh, something to use that like, <laughs> I, and... <laughs> I, I would have
0: accepted a grocery list i just want to know so yeah so thank you jolie's editor for encouraging her to do that because i would have been i would have been like oh i need to know i need to know i just want to put up here that susan says thanks for the insights you're welcome Julie. thank you so much yeah um, there I went with an, um, I'm trying, Julie, I'm trying, but we talked about your family and we talked about your daughters and your nieces and nephews so that they could understand. And I remember when we spoke before about Anchorless, you said one of the reasons you wrote it was so that it would be easier for you to talk to your children about that. Did it make it easier? Was
1: I, I don't think it's now, it's not even, uh. Uh, it's not even the the topic anymore because they could read whatever,
0: written. right? So, so if whatever, they didn't have to talk after yeah, that. Yeah, we
1: don't have to talk about that. But um, but whatever we are talking right now is about uh, writing style. It's about uh, the process of writing. So uh, uh, so I, I'm glad I can connect with my student in that uh, in that sense, like. Uh, how we improve our writing and and what writings uh, brings us uh, to a different level. Because to me, uh, no one could never fully heal from the loss of the loved one. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I think it's only from from what we process it, how we deal with our grief, and what we learn from it, and uh, whether tragedy destroys us, or whether we coming out to the other side and uh and you came out it. baby. Yeah. You came out the other side. Yeah. Thank so you. Glad.
0: Yeah. Um it's such an such an example and inspiration and
1: all of that stuff. You yeah, got all of that stuff. Thank you, Vicky. You always <laughs> you always have good words for me.
0: Oh <laughs> well, you're easy to have words for oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it very much. I, I'm
0: very flattered. I'm very flattered. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, it, um, it, it, I, I look at your situation and think, wow. I look at your family and kids of that age. I'm going to call you kids. You probably would have hated that at the time, but you're calling your kids kids, right? No matter how yeah. old they're getting. So, I mean, a group of kids that that just did that and, and did what was practical and put, you know, other things aside It's just not only that, I have to, I have to, I have to say one scene, I want everyone to buy this book, not listen to what we're saying, but there's a scene where you're waiting, um, which brings me to another question where you're waiting for the gentleman who was supposed to be leading you to your father's boat to come back. And I just imagine this group of teenagers, young people standing on that tree, not knowing if he was going to come back and if they were going to stay alive. And Jolie, that alone, that, that alone, regardless of everything else is, is enough for you to have survived. Okay. That was, that was, and it, and honestly people it's wherever you can find books online, get a copy of three funerals and for my father, because it will bring an understanding to you of what people actually went through, um, that you wouldn't have in any other way. Okay. We are, we are running down, um, to 10 minutes. So (laughs) I want to get the most important stuff out there, Julie. So I'm going to ask you, um, I have that song that I would like you to recite the lyrics to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or we can discuss more about the fact that you were left by that tree that people, people would um, scam people and report them and just all kinds of things were going on at the time. Um, but do you want to do, recite the song because that was very... Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I I will read part. I will read the. Yes, uh, recite it. I'm not going. Okay,
0: Jolie will not I play read, her read, guitar or sing. <laughs> I've yes, tried it before. I, it's not going to happen. But yes, I said recite. And and, and was yeah. this one? Of, was this one of the songs that you wrote, or one that you already knew with your sister?
1: Um, uh, we uh, we kind of make up song. We make up song, and then we. Uh, so this is one of the things that we make up, one of the songs that we have. Okay, made. so you
0: were yeah. actually writing in your youth because yeah so, songwriting uh, is, is really
1: uh, and, uh, because my sister uh, whenever I taught her a song, she she, she she was very creative. she she would sing it differently, you know and and, and then uh, I didn't want to say, oh no, you have to sing it like this." So in the end we ended up just make up whatever she likes to sing. So she she would, I think it's more of my my younger sister. Like she 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 likes to sing the way she wanted to to be sang. <laughs> yeah. And so, then uh, and then we we act our plays. We we play with each uh, other. We we read the story, we read a story, and then we make up a song okay. from it. And uh, 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 I believe that we actually, I read her a story about. um, a sacrifice of a mother to uh, to to save her her child, and then uh, we we kind of make up this song. Yeah. So do you want me to? Yes, I would recite, like you to read
0: re- recite
1: the <laughs> the words. The words of the both English and Vietnamese.
0: You know, I think it would be beautiful to hear. It yeah. In so I just
1: so. I just read the poem, right? The 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 poem. Yes. Right yeah. Here. No singing involved, Uh, Do you want me to read the paragraph before that, or just the two of them?
0: Um, Whatever you like. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) What do you want to do? Okay, I think I just, uh, I will read the poem. I call it a poem because we make up a poem, and then I will read the A-verse poem in Vietnamese. How's that? Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, how about I read a, a paragraph just before that as well? <laughs> okay, okay, just to, to read into read it. it. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. <clears throat> okay, let me, let me. <laughs> I rely so much on tea. Um, <laughs> uh, that's one of my weaknesses. Yeah. Thank you, Vicky. Yeah. Almost every evening, I play the guitar while Lang Fung sang. Sometimes she sang songs I taught her but we especially enjoy making up our own. One of our favorite words, when the last leaf falls. On a cold and rainy night, death comes to a poor, wrecked house and knocks on the doors, ready to collect the soul of a young girl dying of an incurable illness. But death is touched by the mother's anguish and pointing to the tree leaves on an old tree Promises to return when the final leaf falls. We added music and performed the song of for father. When the last last leaf falls, raindrops or teardrops, for fallen tree or his soul, raindrops fall upon the leaves, one by one. Each leaf drips down. The last raindrops falls on the last leaf, the last to flow to the ground. As the fear winds hounds, death comes again to collect the tiny soul. The bereft mother sheds her last tear. I remember every single word, Father. Lang Feng was proud of her memorizing skill. Do you want to hear us sing again? Yes, I love hearing my daughter sing, but this sad song, Father hesitated. While Lan Phu sang, I could tell father wanted to ask me if I had taught her anything more cheerful. He finally found an opportunity to ask me about it when he took me to the tailor for a shirt. While waiting for my turn to be measured, father said, Julie, tell me more about that song that Lan Phu sang when the last leaf falls. I recited the verses in Vietnamese. Hạt mưa rơi hay giọt lễ rơi? Mưa rơi trên cây tàng ua. Có phải trời đang khóc thương cho những linh hồn khổ hạnh? Khi chiếc lá cuối cùng rơi, là khi thần chết lại đến, là giọt lễ cuối cùng đồng trên đôi mắt mẹ. Father's voice was sad as he asked, Why do you use the words, fall on trees? Because a storm will bring the old tree down. Are you comparing raindrops to the tears of heaven? Yes, Father. I wanted to express that heaven cries when human has no tear left. The guitar chords are easy too. I just switch between chords: D, B minor, A7, G, and E minor. The last sentence hint that when death arrives, death also collected the mother's soul. Yes, Father. She shed her last tears she never cry again because she died.
0: And yeah. that that was beautiful and very foreshadowing in the book. So uh, thank you for reading that, Julie. Uh, thank you. I know yeah. it might have been a hard thing to do, but it was a beautiful yeah. thing
1: to do. I, I actually, actually love reading in Vietnamese. I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to recite this in Vietnamese in my own language. Oh, it's, it's beautiful
0: to hear. I, mm-hmm. I, I love I love to hear and, and yeah I, I love I love to hear it. and it is very hard to um, it, it, it is very with all the accents in that it's, it's, it's very simple but it's with all mm-hmm. the accents in that it's very hard to tra- like it's the translation of say that I'm going to call it a poem. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it very difficult to make from Vietnamese? I actually English. wrote it in in Vietnamese. I wrote it in Vietnamese. Yeah, but, I mean, and then I I translated it into English here. Does it right? does it have
0: the same feeling in English that it did to Vietnamese in Vietnamese? to mm, You
1: is it no, no. I no, think no. Uh, in Vietnamese is it's is uh, it's more poetic. To me it's more poetic in Vietnamese.
0: Yes. And- um
1: yeah and and i love if, if any uh, vietnamese person out there listen to this i i i think they they will understand that yeah
0: yes so listen report back to her on her facebook page <laughs> or yeah. Whatever. she would love to hear from you authors mm-hmm. always love to hear from people okay yeah. i'm going to have one more question here brian has asked and then and then we'll um as a writer, I'm always fascinated by the tools writers use to create their books. Also, different tools, example writing by hand versus word processor, seems to affect how we write. What tools do you use, Joey? Mm. Do you like to write by hand, or do you prefer to use the computer?
1: Oh, actually, I I wrote a lot in my notebooks first. Like I have a lot of notebooks. I can, like I can show you. This is the Here. this is the notebook for my. Uh, for my next book. So I, 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 I didn't writing because honestly, when you actually write it by hand, you are more free. Right. <laughs> okay. are more free. Yes, especially with me. Like I, I can write, but I don't want to be interfered by words or telling me that uh spelling here, grandma's here. <laughs> you know, like it is we, we we have to let ourselves free. Word so, is so bossy. <laughs> yeah, and also I, uh, when I have them already, I type them in Word, and and uh, I uh, then Words uh, help me uh, correct a, a few things. So I think Words is just uh, the, the best uh, uh, processing uh, word processing tool. I I hope I answered the question.
0: No, yeah. even for the show, mm-hmm. I don't type it out, and I don't. It just it goes into full writing because then I can think how I speak more. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? You're not so yeah. worried about the mistakes. So
1: yeah, okay. I, I also got a little notebook. Like I can show you this, this uh, the little notebook. Oh, that is very
0: little. Yeah, it's
1: very little because you can just put it right inside your pocket. And then and... I, I fill them up quite a lot. So I have, uh, sorry, I turned. <laughs> I have quite a few here.
0: <laughs> this is for,
1: um, yeah, this is, because uh, you have like cool ideas yeah so uh, lots of those um even just I've learned a word and and I, and I and I, uh, and, and uh, I just learned like uh, some word and I, I wrote it in here right away like uh, the uh, uh, the meaning of the words and all that and and I did use a bigger one too like I, I kept them all I kept them all for my and, uh, and- yeah
0: she's she's kept them all, people.
1: And, and someday yeah, there, will be, keep
0: there will be a you museum to, to Jolie and they will be as exhibit like you know Thank you. I'd
1: um, um, rather
0: <laughs> I dream big for you, Jolie. I dream big. So and, is that Brian did the same thing? Um, um Brian, I have little notebooks like those too. Of uh, course mm, Brian is you. um he's he's in my writing group. Mm-hmm. And he will be joining us in an, in a month or so. And he has, yes, he writes first and then, you know, tries to find an organized way to put them in. I think he's just taking a whole bunch of stuff and putting it into Notepad right now. But I'm answering for Brian. He'll yell at that me later today for the meeting. <laughs> but he likes to write out, too, and then and then proceed to, to take it, too. So it's a similar thing. Um, Neil Gaiman apparently writes his entire novels. That way, by hand. So, you know, good company all around. It's a thing, Jolie It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you use Givner. Okay. All right. We're going to. Okay, bye. I will talk to you later. Um, we're going to have to say goodbye, Julie. And I told mm. you it would go so quickly. But you are always invited back for fika. And okay, now we've you. worked things out. Yeah. And um, yes.
1: Thank you. Uh, thank you, f- everyone, for attending, for taking your time and spending the time with uh, me and Vicky. I appreciate it, and thank you, Vicky, for all your kind words. Uh, all your, uh, My the nice things that you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, yeah, so I'll I, say I, goodbye. Oh, yes.
0: I'm a, yeah, I'll say goodbye now, and we'll check in back with each other in a minute. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you. you may be, bye. Um, that was a wonderful conversation with Julie. Next week, of Fika, we will have Sarah Archer. She is a novelist, uh, an author, uh, a, oh, just a second. She is a novelist, an author, a screenwriter, a poet, a blogger, Um, She has her own podcast. She does workshops on different aspects of writing and screenwriting. And we are going to fit that all in an hour because we're a daring lot at FICA. So thank you for listening, everyone. And um, until next time, may your coffee be hot and your story sweet.